You could say there's something special about Thursday nights, particularly in Blacksburg. And that's part of the reason why we only have a half hour with you today in the fast lane. Because 5.30 p.m., Syracuse at Virginia Tech pregame show takes over. And that does lead in to our NASCAR guest, Luke and Glover, your colleague at FrontStretch.com, Trey. Because other options like Michael Massey Ed, may not be in the right Ed, state. before we start. Um, we need to take a minute because there are rare times where I'm right and you're wrong. And last night, after a couple of weeks of debate, it was proven that UTEP is better than Sam Houston. So shout out to uh, Mr. Mr. Hansen as well, who uh, who agreed with you on that topic back in Hassan, back when we talked. Not Hansen, Chad oh. Hassan. I'm watching too much Red Zone. Um, not Scott Hansen. Different I know. people. I just my brain. But I, I all I know is I'm right. Because UTEP beat Sam Houston. And I put my money where my mouth is last night. I had the UTEP money line. How about that? Trey, congratulations on you. I give you an applause. Let's get back to the show. Yes, indeed. Uh, But it is a convenient segue because those are all teams that are battling that in all likelihood will determine who comes to Williams Stadium to take on a Liberty Flames team that I don't think this is a stretch, Trey, to say this. And I'll reiterate what we said yesterday in the fast lane where you can check out all the great content we had from the ACC basketball tip-off and keep receipts for us because... And guess what? We keep receipts. At Fastlane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts. But Liberty putting Conference USA on notice about where they are right now. And here's the big thing. We were both right, Trey, that Liberty would cover against Western Kentucky. They did. They were in control of that game for much of it. You were 2-0 because that overhit, unfortunately, a couple late garbage and unnecessary touchdowns. Exactly what I thought. Hey, you know what? It ultimately matters how it grades out in the end, and you graded out 2-0. I was just 1-1. We will keep our seats, by the way, and have our votes of confidence tomorrow in the fast lane. Um, But Liberty, they're on the right path. And here's the neat thing about this if you're a Liberty fan. The big picture neat thing is this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for Liberty. It, it, they lost 50% of their roster when Hugh Freeze left and Jamie Chabell entered. Most fans tempered their expectations. We warned about that possibility. We both leaned to the over, uh, even at nine or nine and a half, but we certainly liked the over on the season win total when it was eight or eight and a half, as you can check out because, yes, once again, we keep receipts. And guess what? We keep receipts. At Fastlane Ed Lane, where we listen to podcasts. And look, there's not a lot for me to brag about because a lot of my preseason projections have blown up in my face and somehow I've been saved. I can't imagine the saying this, but by the NFL regular season, which is like the hardest thing, go figure. Uh, that's how it works in my world. But anyway, for Liberty, they're on the right path, but that's the message Caden Salter led with when he spoke after that win Tuesday night. The but part is really the encouraging part. Yeah, uh, I mean, it it feels great knowing that we're one of the teams that's playing there, but like Coach said, we also wanted to host it too, have that home field advantage. So we're on the right path to doing that, and we just got to keep going. On the right path. That's it. He wasn't taking the cheese from the media or anybody else. The rat poison. I guess you could say that uh, it backfired on North Carolina this weekend against Virginia. But Caden Salter, they want to host it. You're finding new goals. You will have to get creative if you're Liberty this year. And let's be honest, next year as well. Because uh, for one, to have even a remote chance, and I don't think it's great, 
But a remote chance at the college football playoff with how weak Liberty's schedule has been. Again, we know why transitioning from independent to conference affiliate, you have to start giving up games, and then there are teams that don't want to fulfill their obligations against Liberty because they've started to prove they can win at a pretty high level and recruit and obtain talent at a high level, and so it makes it harder to schedule. But regardless, you are where you are. And Liberty steamrolling a not-so-great conference USA, and they don't have a great non-conference schedule to back it up. That will change over the years. Just be patient as hard as that is. But for Liberty, you're finding ways to reinvent yourself and you're not satisfied. And that is a positive for them in terms of what they've done. And there's this other element to how Liberty performed as well. And that's this one. Liberty, we know about their ability to execute and make adjustments. That's something that's been preached on. But they fell down 7-0 to Western Kentucky. In the early portion, Western Kentucky takes their opening drive, marches right down the field, grabs a 7-0 lead after electing to receive the opening kickoff. So they showed they wanted to be aggressive by electing to receive the opening kickoff. Western Kentucky did. And they backed it up by getting a touchdown. Yet Liberty, they were as patient as could be. They did not deviate from the running game. And as Caden Salter mentioned, that was one of the key elements to Liberty weathering the initial storm and really being in control more than Western Kentucky for the majority of this. Oh yeah, yes sir. I mean that's that's just how we are. Uh we, we keep striking the stone no matter what. No matter we down seven, no matter we down three, no matter we down twenty one, we're gonna keep striking the stone to try to come back on top. Striking the stone is just another way of saying process. The process. Not the Philadelphia version of the process, mind you. Do you trust it? Uh no. The Alabama version of the process, which has borne itself out over fifteen plus years, under Nick Saban at least as being very effective. But part of that for Liberty, too, is this. You heard what Caden Salter said himself about that mindset. And it's natural to question the level of buy-in. Let's not kid ourselves. There, you know, Maturity has been a question that had loomed over him a lot entering this year. I think a fresh coach actually kind of has done Caden Salter some good. This is my outside observation. This is not inside info. Let's throw Hugh Freeze under the bus kind of deal. But you know, sometimes it's, okay, I'm on another coach. I got to prove myself, and I do have a chance to do that. How am I going to mature? And the coaching staff was open about it in the preseason for this past season, the the Chadwell coaching staff, that they started to see progress where Salter was not in the spring maybe fully ready, and yet he started to step up in camp. And it's natural to wonder whether that was the case and whether they were saying that just to justify going with this athleticism. But comments like you just heard from Caden Salter have backed that up. So that's where it lends credence to it. And then, of course, you do that by how you perform, even when the stat sheet is not light. And there have been hiccups like getting the wrong helmet at the very beginning of the Middle Tennessee game last week and Liberty coming out flat. But showing you can learn from that, keeping yourself focused, it's big. And if I'm Liberty, I feel good about the chance to bounce back from that. Also, you feel good about the chance because you've gotten play from other areas. And again, when things go sideways for Liberty, and either Salter's not seeing the field right and he's having turnovers, that's been an issue at times, or you know Salter had the, the hiccup at the beginning of the Middle Tennessee game grabbing the wrong helmet and clearly the, the team wasn't focused. Liberty has a unit that can do that, and they have leaders on that unit, the offensive line, to keep everything back in check. And it's not very sexy to talk about it in some people's eyes. We love trench warfare here in the fast lane, offensive and defensive line play, but... It's been a key for Liberty in terms of stabilizing and where a lot of the other leaders have come that have given Caden Salter a blueprint for finding that role. O-line, I mean, they've been extremely 
Great. I mean, that's, that's a hard word to use, but they've been extremely great. Uh, giving me the time in the pocket to throw, giving, opening up the holes for the O-line, I me mean, for the running backs, opening up the holes for me when I do scramble and do what I do. So, I mean, the O-line, you, you can't ask for a better O-line for how they've been playing this season, how they've been preparing, how humble and how much aggression and just how they come off the ball every, every day. I mean, X, uh, although he is the captain, that whole O-line, they, they all up there. Everybody respect them. And they come out every game and they do what they do. I mean, all the rushing yards we picking up, although we do got the backs and me toting it, that, that comes from the O-line. It really does. I mean, it sounds like it's one thing to, to say that the way Caden Salter did about the O-line play, but, I mean, look at the results in film. I mean, we're two-thirds of the way through this season for Liberty. It, it, the results are on film at this point. That The offensive line has opened things up, and it's been the most constant element. Heck, that's the real example because Liberty, as we mentioned yesterday in the fast lane, you know, 51 of their 60-plus play calls uh, were rushing attempts, and they average over five yards a carry. So it was consistent dedication when you have multiple backs that contribute to that, Salter plus three running backs, that's the offensive line, and that's been a blueprint regularly for Liberty. And he referenced Xavier Gadlin, X, uh, number 73, the offensive lineman for Liberty. But combine that with the fact that Gadlin has stepped up with Brandon Schlittler's season-ending injury, probably career-ending unless he tries to come back for a medical redshirt year, and Schlittler's been around the program. But Schlittler stuck around to help set the tone for that. It's backed up with what Gadlin has done for Liberty, and it's kind of given them a blueprint of, okay, we're going to hold ourselves accountable, and it's you know, sometimes it, it, it forces a guy like Salter to see what other people are doing as a leader and then gives him a blueprint for how to take charge in that role as a team, and that's where it's coming together very well for Liberty and why at InsaneRadioDeals.com Fast Take, we want to help you at InsaneRadioDeals.com, as we've mentioned on our Fast Takes, by going to the games for a lot less than what the list price is. Normally, $70 to get in for a pair of tickets with Liberty University football games. They've got three games left at home in the regular season. They are all on Saturdays now. No more weeknight excuses. That stuff is done until next year when Conference USA has midweek games. So, what you can do to save some coin? You can go to InsaneRadioDeals.com and get a pair of tickets normally worth 70 bucks to any of the remaining three home football games at Liberty University for just $22.22. You heard that right. Well over 50% off the list price. Now it's time to go into a mini version of our Votes of Confidence for this week's game or this evening's game that will take over at 5.30 p.m. Syracuse at Virginia Tech. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good, makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence, inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. Trey, it is time to put our proverbial money where our mouth is for tonight's game. Virginia Tech and Syracuse getting ready to battle momentarily. 730 kickoff but for the purposes of us of course here in the fast lane and airtime earlier than that of 5 30 p.m Hokies two and a half point favored over under 47 and a half where are you trending and why uh give me the Hokies I so Syracuse is coming off the bye and I know that their opponent was was great in terms of their last couple games in the ACC they started with Clemson UNC Florida State that's probably not ideal uh but they only scored 10 points they they've been outscored 81 to 10 in their last two games and i think it doesn't matter the opponent 
Um, if this is a team that's based on running the ball and you didn't run the ball against North Carolina and Virginia was able to run the ball against North Carolina, um, I think the Hokies here get it done. I think um, I, I think they cover the three. I think it's Thursday night. It's going to be a big game. Um, Tech plays better on Thursday nights. And, I will, and Syracuse seems to be a team that has kind of bit them last couple times they played. So I will take Tech, and I will lean towards the under. I think this is going to be a defensive game. I definitely feel more confident in the under 47.5 in Syracuse at Virginia Tech because Syracuse's offense, it, they, the wheels have started to come off. Garrett Schrader has been good at quarterback. He is a running threat. That is something that could give Virginia Tech trouble. But... The pieces around him, Aronde Gadsden, the great tight end. Uh, the son they have of the no great, pass catchers. They have no pass catchers at this point, Trey. And uh, yes, Virginia Tech has struggled with the run, but they can key in on stopping the run, and they played that a lot better. Similar to how they played the slow mesh for Wake Forest better when it was a one-dimensional run versus the dual threat side of running the football. Um, that, that's been one of the key denominators is when you can pose a, a threat even, a passing Versus not. And Syracuse's struggle with that. I like Virginia Tech as well. I am more convinced, though, on the under 47 and a half. I think big game for APR. I mean, he, he it, I don't think he'll do as, you know, he might not outdo the performance he had last week or last time they played, which was what, four sacks against Wake. But I think I could see APR making a big play today. We will have our NASCAR projections for Martinsville Speedway, where Trey's going to be covering it. That will come your way Tomorrow in the Fast Lane, along with chats with WSET's Dave Walls and our guy, Uncle Luke, Luther Campbell, as Miami hosts the Virginia Cavaliers. But when we return, we look ahead to the NASCAR race with someone who will be joining Trey down there on Pit Road in the press box, wherever he meets up with Luke and Glover of FrontStretch.com. We'll find out about that next here in the Fast Lane.